that empowered me mm-hmm. because now I'm showing other people that what they're seeing from me, this worst that they're seeing has an answer. Right. It has a way you get through it. Welcome to the Juggling the Chaos of Recovery podcast, where we focus on health and wellness and overcoming all types of addictions. You're in the right place if you're a mom, dad, sibling, or caregiver who has a loved one who is or was struggling with an eating disorder or any other kind of addiction. In a time where everything seems heavy, I'm here to bring you a very real yet lighthearted take on what the heck we're all supposed to do with our lives while we care for our loved ones who are struggling. One thing holds true throughout it all. You can't juggle the chaos without smiling, at least a little bit. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. This is your host, Moira Gorski. So glad that you are coming back to listen, um, that you continue to support this podcast by listening, by sharing, by sending suggestions, by sending guests. And um, I love how as I continue to meet other people in my space, if you will, and I hear their stories, I invite them to come here and share their stories here. And uh, so I have a guest that's coming with me today, um, Melody Bellevue. Um, I met Melody through another gal that I've interviewed on this podcast and that I met through LinkedIn. And again, that I love Melody's mission is that she has this passion to shed light into the darkness to the darkness of people's struggles and the things that that we go through, um, that we overcome. And um, we share that common mission of um, helping people understand that sharing their story is very powerful. So um, before I talk anymore, uh, welcome Melody to my podcast today, and I'm so glad that you're here. Thank you so much. And thank you so much for sharing the light that you do. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you. Um, and unlike other guests on my podcast, you have not overcome, you know, there, there are health things that you've overcome, not specifically addictions and things like that, but more health challenges. And so I think that, you know, I just, again, I just feel like um, I, I spoke with someone the other day and I said, we're kind of all recovering and overcoming something you know, in, in life. So anyway, so let's start with your story of there's, I know it's long, there's lots of details in there, but let's just share some things that you found again, that you, you know, let's just start with your story that you've shared with me before. My health story is that at the age of 52, I found out, or I realized that I have a rare genetic autoimmune disorder. At that point, my health was going down real fast, and the doctors had done a blood test trying to help me with my allergies and my asthma and my bronchitis and all that, and it was an IgE test. So she had suggested these injections, and I like to Google everything. I like to research everything because you are your own best advocate. Mm -hmm. And when I looked into it, it had said anybody with a high one, a high level was suspected of having Job syndrome. So I called the doctor's office after she had said that it was off the charts. And I said, well, what exactly was the level? And she said it was 4,730. So I went back to the to the website and 
normally a person, an average person without allergies is zero to 50. A person with severe allergies is usually about 200. Mm. Anybody with this rare genetic disorder was 2000 or higher. So I was like, rare though, rare genetic, that can't be, that, that can't be it. So I looked at what the items were on it, what the symptoms were. And I was like, yep, I have that. Yep, I have that. Yep. And everything was from the time I was born, I had been battling infection and allergies and asthma and lung issues and all kinds of infections since the time I was a baby. I spent a lot of time in the hospital. So I did my whole research on Job syndrome, what it was, what the life expectancy was of it. And the average person with it dies between 20 and 30. The oldest person living in the world died at around the age of 60. I was 52. Mm. So I was like really scared about it. I went back to my doctor and I said, I think this is what my problem is. And my doctor was like, yeah. So he didn't really pay attention to it. Kept sending me to different doctors. And then my next appointment with him, he said, you know, I was thinking about what you said. I went in and researched Job syndrome. I looked through your chart and I think you're right. So he sent me to a, a specialist who said, yeah, I think you are right. So he sent me to a, a Boston specialist who was um, basically in the genetic autoimmune disorders. And he said, yes, that's what you have. Now, there's only about 550 people in the world with it. Wow. I am the oldest living person in the world with it. So my biggest problem was infection constantly, all the time. And I had to have abscesses cut and drained and stitched. Well, not stitched because they had to stay open until they mm -hmm. healed all the time. And they were traumatic. And the idea that Oh my God, that means that's never going to end. I'm going to have them all the time. That was traumatic on its own. And then I, he put me on high permanent doses of antibiotics. And then I had another one. And it was one I didn't even know I had. I went for a mammogram and they found it then. They had originally thought it was cancer and it wasn't cancer. It was an abscess. And I didn't know it was there. So he was like, I don't know what we do now because I was on antibiotics and I happened to go to a bookstore and in the front of it, Barnes and Nobles, they had the sale books and one was um, natural remedies, herbal remedies. So I was like, you know what? That's thinking outside the box. And I like to do that. So I took it home and I went through it and there were a lot of great things in it so I wrote to the author I sent an email to the author of the book who is an actual herbal doctor and I told him of my circumstances and he wrote back and he told me that one of the things for infection um, for the lungs would be turmeric with black pepper fruit and so I tried that and it helped 
It mm. helped with the asthma. It helped with the lung stuff. And I found neem supplements in it. So I started taking those. Now with supplements, usually it takes, especially if you have an issue like that, it takes a couple of months for it to kick in to really work. Mm -hmm. But it's not like an all at once thing. And I noticed that I was starting to use antibiotics less. I was starting to get less infections. And now it's been over six years since I've needed an antibiotic. Mm -hmm. I have not had any infections. Although I did get COVID and I healed from that as well without going to the hospital, without needing antibiotics, without needing mm -hmm. a ventilator. I have not used my nebulizer now in about seven years. Mm. And so it made a big difference in my life. A yeah. big difference. A big difference. I mean, that's so similar to, I mean, that not to the severity of your, your syndrome, although my son's very similarly, you know, he had our oldest son, you know, years ago, that's how I got into the wellness business that I'm in today because he had, he just was sick all the time with allergies. And then he would have some asthma issues. And the doctor said, give him Claritin prophylactically, like every day. I'm like, so I'm a nurse. So I'm like, I understand the, the importance of medicine, but like, that doesn't make sense because he's not sick all the time. And then right. somebody introduced me to that idea that maybe there's some natural things that can help. And you said it so well that in medicine, we look at, okay, here's a, here's a diagnosis, here's a syndrome, here's a, you know, symptom, and here's the medicine for it. Well, in right. natural health, if you will, we're, we are giving our body the things to build build up that immune system, right? Like you did and to help with inflammation, like you do with the turmeric and, um, and it takes a little while. It's not just a, like one and done, or like our headaches gone or right. our pain's gone. It's, it's that building because we're, we're building with the things that we're putting in the things that we're eating, the supplements we're taking, um, the fresh water, we're building healthy cells and those cells continue to turn over, you know, every 60, 90 days. And so we're building healthier cells. And so as our health cells are healthier, then we become healthier. And that's, that's what happened with my son. And then I started to be like, same thing. I'm like, wow, I got to look into this a little bit more. And it's so awesome that that happened with you too, you know, that you found ways to get, get your body stronger. So like, even when COVID came or perhaps a common cold comes, you'll be able to fight that off most likely. Right. Yes, yeah. because if you only take the medications and you're on medications on a chronic use, they have consequences too, most of the time. I mean, not mm -hmm. all the time. And I'm not saying medications aren't important because some of them are. But the whole idea is to have your body function as best as it can and to heal itself. And if you're taking a medication like steroids chronically, mm -hmm. that reduces your immune system. It suppresses your immune system, which I was on all the time. So it was steroids and antibiotics. And we all know antibiotics have also helped create superbugs because we used them so much that they became resistant to it. So our body needs the stuff that's already organically here 
that doesn't have that problem. Taking that neem supplement doesn't make it where it no longer works. It does the opposite. I can go a day or two without it and still have a good system. Mm -hmm. Whereas with antibiotics, you need stronger ones next time and then stronger ones next time. And the same thing with steroids. You need more of them. You need a higher dose of them. If Mm -hmm. it's something that you are finding you need a higher dose for, like painkillers, if you need higher and then higher, where's the limit? Mm -hmm. It means it's not working for your body. It's working against your body. You need stuff that works for your body. Right. And those, you know, antibiotics and steroids, they, again, can be helpful, but they also deplete the, you know, good bacteria that's in your intestinal system that we need to support our immune system. So it's just, it's kind of when you really think about it and you look into it, again, they can be helpful, but it's also they're detrimental at the same time. And if you yes. don't know that as a consumer and as an advocate, like you said, for your health, if you don't know that and know that it's so important to have those um, supplements and, and probiotics after you take a round of antibiotics, you're going to get into that cycle like you're speaking of that. Well, next time you need an antibiotic, you need something stronger. You need a stronger steroid and just on and on and on. And to the point that they're, like you said, they're super bugs. Like sometimes the antibiotics just, they don't work, right? Because our bodies have become resistant to it. Yeah. Well, our immune system is based on in our gut, in our stomach. And if we use something to kill the infection, but that kills what's in your gut too, then when you're done with the antibiotic, now your body has less ability to fight it, not more. And that's the difference. Treating something versus finding the root of it are two different things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'm just, yeah, I'm, I'm grateful that you found that I'm, that's what I've been uh, working to educate people on for the last 20, you know, some years as I learned that as well, if we can, um, can build our health, um, it's a much better way to go. Um, now I know you also had some, again, when you talk about steroids, was the steroid issue and withdrawals, was that after this time that you discovered the autoimmune or was it the same, um, it was actually, it was actually after luckily I had already stopped using antibiotics, which is great because a lot of the people on my support group go through infection after infection, going through the withdrawal from the steroids. I had gone through a 10-year cycle of every time they tried to get me off the steroids, my skin would get burning red. And I always had a different answer. One doctor would say, you have sun poisoning. Another doctor would say, even though I hadn't been in the sun, Another one would say it's allergies. Another one would say, oh, it's um, poison ivy. And it's like, it's none of those though. I don't, but it was always the same response. We'll give you steroids and clear it up to start with so that we can figure out what to do. Mm -hmm. But then the steroids would clear it up and then they'd say, okay, now you're all set. Except as soon as I was done with the steroids, it came back. So it was like, why am I going through these cycles? And they couldn't find that. My daughter found it 
doing research online, trying to figure out what all my symptoms were being caused from. And she found itsan.org. And she sent me one of the videos of the girl who was going through it. Because when she first told me, I was like, no, I've been on them since I was 12. That can't be it. Mm-hmm. And then uh, she sent me the video and it was like, oh, my God, that's me. And hey, tell me that. Tell me the name of that website again. It's in I-T-S-A-N dot org. OK. Or you can look up RSS, Redskin Syndrome. They call it TSW, topical steroid withdrawal. I wish they would call it corticosteroid withdrawal instead, because mine started from having prednisone, having steroids taken rather mm-hmm. than the creams. They added the creams when the, the uh, steroids weren't helping anymore. They had already, at that point, they were doubling my dose. So instead of 20 milligrams a day, I was on 40 milligrams a day. I was still beet red. So they added the creams to it. And then even the creams weren't taking care of it. And it was spread further. My Mm -hmm. face, my neck, my chest, my arms, my legs. And it was like, okay, what's, you know, what do we do? Well, yeah, as I mentioned to you, we, I also have a colleague in my business with Shackley that I had never heard of this before, but she went through the same thing, this topical, she, you know, topical steroid withdrawal. Um, and I think she was doing, she had, she was using the creams and things like that for years. And, um, again, it was, it's horrific, you know, horrific what you go through, but then the withdrawal and trying to get yourself withdrawn from these. Yeah. The she withdrawal. tells the story. It's just, she couldn't, I mean, maybe you had, the, I mean, she couldn't leave her house. She couldn't travel. I mean, it was just seven was months. I did not leave the house unless it was to go to the doctors. And they had told me to go to the emergency room at one point, And I did. And they gave me burn cream and said, I don't know what to do. We'll send you to a dermatologist. And when I had first told my doctor, I, printed out the it's and stuff. And I told him, I think it's the steroids. And he looked at me and he laughed and he said, you think it's from a cream? You think you're addicted to a cream? And I was like, but look, and he didn't want to look. And I ended up two weeks after I started withdrawal, I had um, my eye hurt really bad. So I went to urgent care And they said, I scratched the cornea of my eye. My eyes were really itchy. They were burning. They were dry. So rubbing them, I ended up scratching my cornea. So he gave me the drops for that and stuff. And he gave me a two-week appointment for a follow-up. I came back and I had just started the TSW, uh, the withdrawal. Mm-hmm. I came back in two weeks and he walked into the room, the same doctor and went, oh, my God, what happened to you? Because at that point, not only was all my skin red, but it was swollen. It was cracked. It was. I no longer looked like a woman of my age. I looked like I was about 85 years old. My face was all distorted. My hands were so swollen, I had to cut my rings off of my fingers because they were that tight. Mm-hmm. And, and it just, I, 
I was engorged mm -hmm. because being on the steroids constricts your immune system. So all that inflammation that you're trying to suppress, now you've cut that dam off. Mm -hmm. So your body goes nuts. Your lymphatic system, your lymph nodes all swell up. The chills are bone deep. Like it was summertime. And I went out on the back porch in my clothes, my sweatshirts, my bathrobe. And I sat on the back porch. Now, the thermometer said 85 degrees out. Hmm. But the breeze was so cold, I had to go back inside. I couldn't stay out there. I was freezing to death. But if you get a sunburn, you get the chills because that's how your body feels to any air that's moving because mm -hmm. your skin is so hot. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I was 106 pounds when I started. I got down to 89. Mm. I looked literally like a skeleton because you could see the bones on my shoulders. You, I could see them. I couldn't stand looking in the mirror at how I looked. I had to take Epsom salt baths. I would use, and they had to be hot, but not too hot because cool temperatures stung too much. Mm -hmm. So I would stay in the tub with my music playlist and just soak in it. For, until the water got chilly and then I had to get out, put regular lotion on, Vaseline or whatever worked at that mm -hmm. time. But I didn't leave the house. I would go from the bed to the couch, to the bathroom, to the bed, to the couch. You got mm -hmm. two hours sleep at a time if you were lucky. You woke up crying, scratching. The itch is like bone deep too. You can't mm -hmm. get to it. You can't suppress the itch, the stinging, the the nerve pain. It it was, and it the really severe part of it lasted almost a year. Mm -hmm. the, and I would count, you know how when you when you get a patient in the hospital and they say, "What's your pain level on a scale of one to 10? Mm -hmm. I started doing that because I had been in in and out of the hospital so much. So I started going in the first seven months, my pain was 10 plus, 10 plus, because I couldn't, the panic you got from the pain was constant. Mm -hmm. The trauma from the pain was constant. And then I would have days that were nines. And I'd go back to a 10. Then I'd have a couple of days that were eights. So through that first year, I got to the end of the year and it was eight and nines. And then I would have some sixes and some sevens and I'd go back up to nines. So it wasn't, healing is not linear mm -hmm. for anything. It right. really isn't linear. You have good days, you have bad days. But now are, there, are there experts that, um, like were you, I know your daughter did some research and you found some things online. You know, are there experts that that work with this that you found that that directed you through this? Or was this you continuing to be an advocate for your, yourself and finding those natural remedies? I went at one point, I had a dermatologist who didn't 
understand or believe in TSW. And he sent me to a hyperbaric chamber doctor, one who mm. did the, the wounds that won't heal. Sure. So I had the recommendation from him and from my regular doctor, because at that point he didn't know what to do either. Mm-hmm. And I went there eight o'clock in the morning, which was hard to do because I'd been up all night and getting myself dressed was so hard to do. I got there and he comes in the room and I explained it to him. And he said, this is all your fault. And I was what? like, yeah, that's what I said. He said, you're refusing your doctor's treatment. I said, what are you talking about? He said, you need steroids. This is your own fault for not taking them. I said, steroids are the what caused this. He said, no, you just need more. I said, I was already on more. It wasn't helping anymore. Mm. And I handed him the, the paperwork from Itzan. And he put it down and said, I'm not looking at that. I don't care what you found Googling it. And I, he said, you wasted my time. You wasted your time. And this is all your fault. You can heal. You just need those steroids. Now, my daughter associated this with, it's like telling somebody who's a heroin addict, you know what you need? You need more heroin. And then you'll feel better. Because that was the addiction. It was the steroids. Mm -hmm. And I did heal. I was one of those that by the third year, the inflammation, and you can, it's almost like when you're in labor, you have false labor. You're not sure. Is this real? Is this not real? You hope it's real. You hope for that next contraction because you hope Mm -hmm. it's real. But then when you're in real, you know, it's real and you dread the next contraction. It's the Mm -hmm. same idea. When I got to the point of healing, the inflammation was gone. I felt that it was gone. And there was no more big itch. There was no more having to have a painful shower. Showers were just showers now. And I Mm -hmm. hadn't had that in over 10 years. Mm -hmm. The only time I had that during that 10 years of cycle was okay my steroids and my vacation from my skin i didn't need a vacation anymore my skin that is your largest organ Mm -hmm. was now a part in harmony with me Mm -hmm. and that was big that was really big oh yeah absolutely i mean just a tremendous story and um just as tremendous again, overcoming the things that um, you've had to overcome. And just what keeps sticking out to me is that we as being your own advocate, you know, and that sometimes, yeah. I mean, sometimes I caution people to go online and like look for solutions because sometimes they'll tell you, you know, they'll tell you both sides of it. Okay. If you do this, then it'll kill you. If you do this, you'll, you'll recover, you know? So there's sometimes like so much right there that you just don't know, but obviously you kept going and kept looking. So did your daughter and did find some, when you found some things that started to make sense, you kept going that way. And I'm not here to say that 
doctors are incorrect and wrong because we certainly need them in the world, but there's so much that they don't know. Right. And well, they've been taught that when you mm-hmm. go to a doctor and you a rash, they are taught that the the first thing they want to do is give you relief. And they're taught that steroids are that relief. Mm-hmm. So it's not their fault that they don't realize this, because if that's what they've been taught and you try telling them something different then you're telling them that what they've been taught as a doctor, what they've been trained is wrong Mm -hmm. and you're not a doctor. So, you know, they don't look at it that way, Mm -hmm. but that's the problem with being an expert at something. You need a beginner's mindset. You need to know that there's always something more you can learn Mm -hmm. and, and trying to teach them that I know something you don't know it comes up against the wall. I mean, there are doctors that are starting to learn about it. Um, It is taking off because awareness is what we're trying to show. One of the things I share with my support group is I printed out the flyers from ITSAN. And when I had a flare day and I looked my worst and didn't want to go in public, but had to, And somebody looked at you with that, oh, my God, I feel so bad for you, look. I'd hand them a flyer and tell them about it. Hmm. And there was one day I was at the grocery store and it was a flare day. I was an eight day that point. It was after my first year. And the cashier gave me that look. And I'm cashing out my groceries. And I said, yeah. And I handed her the flyer. I said, this is from steroids. And I said, you know, this is withdrawal from having to get them out of my system. And she looked at it. She paused. She wasn't checking me out at this point. And she said, oh, my God, can I keep this? I think this is what my brother has. Mm. That empowered me Mm -hmm. because now I'm showing other people that what they're seeing from me, this worse that they're seeing has an answer. Right. It has a way you get through it. Mm -hmm. Well, that's what I, you know, I shared a couple of weeks ago when I was um, speaking at a women's networking event and I was talking about podcasting and about social media sharing and sharing our story. And I said, you know, I didn't go to school for this at all. I went to school to be a nurse, but I said, I became an expert by experience. You know, and it's the same. That's the reason. That's what I said at the beginning of my podcast. I said, I've become an expert on having somebody in my life that's, you know, how to overcome having somebody in your life that has an eating disorder and addiction, things like that. I've become an expert because of what I've experienced. You've done the same thing. You know, you've become an expert in that. And again, we share that mission of like, we need to tell our stories regardless of how horrific it is or may it sounds or may way it looks, we need to share that so that so that person that's looking for the solutions can perhaps find it because you were brave enough to share it or I was brave enough to share it. Whoever's listening is brave enough to share it. Well, you can't be a candle if you're in the daylight. You have to go into the darkness mm. to be able to sh- find that light and then share it with the others. Because if you've never been there, then how do they know 
that they can listen to what you're saying. That's mm-hmm. the whole reason support groups are started. And that's the whole reason, like even with ITSAN, all the administrators have been through mm. going through the withdrawal. People, uh, support groups for AA, mm-hmm. they've been through right. going through that addiction. It's all about the experience. Because mm-hmm. if you go through that experience, you know how they feel. You can relate to them. Mm-hmm. And that's the key. You have to be able, you have to be vulnerable to be able to relate to the people who are vulnerable that need your light. Right. Absolutely. We, um, you know, with our daughter being home, she tunes into support groups, plural, almost every day. But for one, that's always on Monday nights and it's right around when we eat. And so last night she, you know, she said, she usually says, is it okay if we have it on? I'm like, sure. And it's just people sharing their stories. And like, even though it's, even though it's a eating disorder support group, you know, I was listening to it. I'm like, well, yeah, that relates to my life. You know, that's what I've told to people when I said, well, I have this podcast and it, I thought that it would really just be um, very niche towards those with eating disorders. And then it, you know, it's kind of expanded out to other addictions, but I, I have so many people contact me and say, I listened to it and it was so helpful. And I don't have, you know, this, this, and this, but those things that that person talked about that they did every day to keep themselves in a positive light or to be their own advocate, those things really helped me. And so that's why I tell people like, again, support groups, sharing our story, even like, again, even if you don't know how it could possibly help somebody, we need to share that. Like you said, take your candle into the dark and, um, you know, shine a light on those others so that they can have that hope that there's a better tomorrow than today. Yes. Because the hope Mm -hmm. is there, regardless of what the struggle is. One of the quotes that I had seen that really resonated with me from Rick Warren, other people will find healing in your wounds. Your biggest life message and your greatest ministry will come from your deepest hurts. Mm. And that one, I, I put it up on my whiteboard and that's any struggles that I've had that have been deep wounds. That's what they are now. They have the, the candle for the other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What are the things that you, you know, you do every day to keep yourself moving forward um, besides, again, going into these support groups and sharing? I mean, are there's are there certain kind of routines that you've developed or certain things that are kind of like non-negotiables for you to keep you again, moving forward and, and staying positive, staying healthy. The first one before my feet touch the floor in the morning, I thank God for the gift of a new day because I'm already past my expiration date by the medical (laughs) field. So that's the first thing I do. I thank him because Tomorrow's never promised to any of us. So if I'm waking up in the morning, thank you. You gave me another day. So that's the first thing. Then I ask him three things. What do you want me to see today? What do you want me to hear today? And how can I serve? Mm. He shows me things through synchronicities and I watch for them. That that's the biggest thing i suffered from anxiety and PTSD. And I say that in past tense because I don't now. So having that focus on 
all right, what do you want me to see today? You watch for those synchronicities. So instead of watching for the bad luck or the bad things or having your focus on the suffering, you're watching for what he's going to show you. And those things are incredible when you look that way. Mm-hmm. So that's the first thing. I set my mind up for focusing on what he wants me to see, what he wants me to hear. And sometimes I'll see the message in two different things that are the same message. Like mm-hmm. I listen to Joyce Myers. I listen mm-hmm. to Andy Stanley. They're my spiritual ones. Mm-hmm. Because I believe that we have to have a wholeness of us, our physical, our mental, and our spiritual. So your focus needs to have all three. You got to take care of your body, but you got to take care of your mind. So if people are constantly seeing the bad stuff, the, the traumas, and if you're looking at the traumas, they're flashing in your mind and you freeze frame on stuff that you're giving it attention. And that is where your mind stays. But if you add things in instead that are really good, you don't need to fight those bad feelings because you're inviting the good ones in. Mm -hmm. And the more things you look at that are good, there's not enough room for the bad. So, yeah, I've been finding so many tools. The first one is my focus in the morning. Mm -hmm. I created my own playlist of songs that are motivational, inspirational, and upbeat and uplifting. I listen to healing frequencies on YouTubes. Mm -hmm. You can go in there and they'll show you different ones. I fall asleep to them at night because Mm -hmm. they will help me heal my mind and my body. There are literally studies that healing frequencies heal the body. Mm -hmm. So why not add that? What are they going to hurt? They're not. Mm -hmm. I listen to um, Coach Payne. I read books that are um, inspiring. Brene Brown, um, Mm -hmm. Daring Greatly. She tells you, be authentic. Be you because you do have a great message to share. Because all of us have been through something. Mm-hmm. And if we can get through it, we can get to the other side of it and find life thrilling. Why not share it with everyone mm-hmm. else? Because they mm-hmm. can do the same thing. Sure. I've found Reiki healing. I've found journaling is, is you know, that's a big one. Mm-hmm. I would love everybody who's listening to this at any point. Write yourself a love letter to your soul. Hmm. And this is the one that I wrote to myself last year. Okay, let's do this. It was a challenge. Mm -hmm. Somebody had challenged me to do this. I have always listened to that obnoxious voice in my head when she cuts me down. No more. I see you and I am proud of you. The challenges you have faced have been many. You got through them. You didn't quit. Yes, you made mistakes, but we all do. And you grew from them. You faced death in the eyes literally more than once and survived. God hasn't let you die because you have a purpose. 
You have fine-tuned your ambitions to make him proud, and I know he smiles on that. He has called on you to do things out of your comfort zone, and you have accepted them through your fear. You have courage that is growing every day. I love that he has given you the strength to face your insecurities by not hiding behind your pen. Yes, your writing is your talent, but you need a presence, and you are accepting that come with May. You are becoming a leader. I know, right? Never thought I'd want that. But not by asking them to follow me, but by encouraging them to follow themselves and believe in themselves. You need to believe what you say for yourself. You matter. Go after your dreams. I love you. If everybody can take that and write one to themselves and thank themselves and praise themselves for getting through it, tomorrow is brighter. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. I love so much of that. It's just, I love all of it. I'm so glad that you read that. I did a similar, I was listening to a book um, on Audible and um, it was similar, all yet different, but, um, you know, writing a letter to your, like you are the future self writing yourself you know, a letter, something like that, you know, something like that, just automatic yeah. writing, just start writing, but it's the same type of thing. And I just love it. And, um, just love everything you said in there. And the fact that, I don't know, there's just so much that you, again, that we are the light that you, again, are a wonderful writer, but that you need to open your mouth and share that with other people and encourage people to be whatever you said, like, instead of like, just encourage them to love themselves and to have, and to realize, like I say every day, like realize that your circumstances don't have to dictate who you are and who you can become. Right. It starts with that self-love and having loving ourselves and accepting ourselves. And um, I love what you said too, was like, I ask God those three things. And again, you can believe in God or the universe, whatever you choose to believe in, but sending that message out there to say, you know, you know, what do you want me to see today, hear today? And how can I serve? And I want people to hear like, that's like, that's possible to do that and to slow down enough. Once you do that, then slow down enough so that you can see things and so that you can hear things and that you can learn how you can serve others, or maybe it's the way you're serving yourself that day. You know? Yes. Yeah. So, so good. So good. Like I said, before we turned on the microphone, we could talk for hours about this, but I just really, I really love that you were open to come here because I do believe that regardless of what people are going through this message that you're sending out today of positivity and how you overcame, anybody can take that message, whatever you're going through today, you know, that's what, again, you and I share here this, we want people to know that it's okay. You know, it may not be seem okay what you're going through, but you can make it through. Right. Yes. And if we fill our lives with, I like what you said, if you fill our lives with the positive things, and sometimes people will say, oh my gosh, you're just so positive. You always send these. I'm like, yeah, because I do it for that very reason. If we think positive, then those bad things, those bad thoughts that used to just run around in my head and be crazy, there isn't enough, there's not enough room for them. Exactly. Yeah. Because if you fight the bad feelings, they're going to creep through when you're Mm -hmm. most vulnerable. But if you add the other stuff, they just move out of the way. Yeah. 
Yeah. Someone said there's a writer. I don't know if it was Elizabeth Gilbert or somebody said that, you know, fear, there's fear may always be with us in some regards, you know, we'll be afraid or nervous of things, but we don't have to let fear take the front seat. We can stick it in the back and say, yep, I know you're here, but guess who's driving? I'm the one that's driving. I'm the one that's making the choices. You're not the one that's driving my life anymore. I know you're still going to be there, but just be quiet. <laughs> I'm going to, you know, <laughs> yes. some, you know, sometimes it's, it's helpful to think of. I've always remembered that whenever I, wherever I heard that or read that, I thought that was such a great visualization of, um, it is. sometimes we can't get rid of those. I can't say that we can get rid of all of the negative thoughts or all of our fear, but we can certainly let, make it make, you know, take a backseat to our lives. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Where can people, again, we could continue this conversation, but, um, I am going to respect your time and my time. And so, um, where can people find you? Cause you are a writer and I know that you do, um, share your, your writing, your content, um, you do speak as, you know, like you're speaking with me on this podcast, where can people find you? I'm usually on LinkedIn a lot. That's where I share the most. Um, but I have a website, the social and I'm on Facebook too. And I'm on Twitter. I do have a, an Instagram, but I only post, um, quotes on that, but I, I don't do it all the time. Mm-hmm. But the do most do place it? I'm on is LinkedIn. Yeah. Well, that's where I found you too with your, your friend as well. Um, do you do, do you do coaching or, you know, with anybody, you know, in this regard, or do you just provide not just, but do you provide um, like support in these support groups or again, through your writing? I actually am creating a course. I haven't finished it yet. I've been working on it for the past, uh, I'd say four months. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, at this point I don't yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Future well, you have course. Future course. Right. Yeah. That's good. There's always, um, there's always something to come, right. Which is good. Yes. But, um, I just, again, I love everything that you shared today. And again, I'm just, I'm so grateful that like what you said, you're here, still here because God has a purpose for you. My daughter said that a couple of weeks ago when I interviewed her for this podcast, she said, I know I'm made for something more. I know I'm still here because I'm made for something more. I loved hearing her say that because I did listen to that. Yes. Thank you. Yes. And um, again, despite the challenges, when we're still here, I believe that God has, you know, is telling us that we, we are made for for more and to overcome any last words that you have for the, the people listening today. There's a quote from coach pain and it's never give up is the YouTube of it. Ladies and gentlemen, the reason that you've got to understand that the reason you are existing in this world right now is because you have things that must be done and only certain people are qualified to take it to the level that it needs to be taken to. Every single one of us has something like that. Mm. So never mm. give up. Yeah. Thank you. I love that. I, I'm going to look into coach pain. I don't, that's, that's a new one for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, well, thank you, Melody, for being here today. Thank you for taking your time and um, just wonderful content. And I know the listeners, I know I loved hearing this. This is what I needed to, to hear today for sure. And, you know, I'll put those uh, sites too in the show notes for those that perhaps maybe know somebody that's going through, again, the things that you've gone through with the Job syndrome, with the top, topical or internal steroid withdrawal. Again, those are serious things. And, um, you know, I hopefully we can at least shed some light on that. And um, again, just uh, again, love that we're connected and that we can continue to share that message that sharing our story is what we need to do so that we can help others. So thanks again, Absolutely. Melody. Yeah. And thanks for listening, everybody. We'll talk to you next time. Go make it a great day. Thanks for listening. If you like this podcast, head over to iTunes and leave me a five-star review. Share it with others and make sure you hit the subscribe button so you don't miss a thing. I've got a tribe over on Facebook, so head over there and search for Juggling the Chaos of Recovery Podcast Tribe. And do you know somebody who has a story, a story to share, a story of recovery and hope? Please let me know, as I'd love to feature them as a guest on one of these next upcoming podcasts. And perhaps you're looking for a community of like-minded, collaborative, and supportive people who cheer each other on as we strive to improve our lives. If that sounds like something you've been looking for, schedule some time with me. You'll find the links in the show notes. Let's talk and let me help you find your way. And I'm here to tell you that you're worth it.